Welcome to Culture Bites, where we take culture theory and turn it into everyday insights. We're powered by Human Synergistics, and our mission is to change the world one organization at a time. We can only do that together with our amazing community, so thank you for listening. Welcome to Culture Bites. My name's Dominic Gawley. I'm a consultant with Human Synergistics Australia, and I'm joined on this episode by fellow consultant, Liana Sangster. Hey, Liana. Hi, Dom. Question for you this week. I've been doing some LSI programs where I'm coaching, you know, a, a few different people at the same time. And then it comes up from two of them, perhaps, that there's a bit of a tough relationship between them. So, you know, some some stuff's happened in the past or something and, you know, it's not working, right? It's prickly. That, it's prickly. That's right. My question for you is... How do you go about, so often, you know, with these people, they want to, they actually want to do something about it. That's why they're mentioning it, right? Mm. That or they just want to complain. Um, Mm -hmm. But hopefully it's to do something about it. So the question is, how do you go about, how do they go about mending fences, I guess? And, you know, how do you support them in that as a a coach doing LSI? It's a deep one, isn't it? Because Mm. I feel like everyone has a relationship with conflict that is inherently part of their whole life, you know? So you ha- often you hear the, the comment, I don't like conflict. Yeah. People, I feel like nine out of 10 people say that. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people do. Yeah. And I mean, it's not that I think if you enjoy conflict, that's probably a problem as well, you know, but there's, I guess there's a way to have conflict or something. Yeah. Well, it just, it's an insight for me into the complexities of people's experience when there is a fractured relationship. And I suppose there's a part of me that thinks that a lot of that is is your experience in life, what you've brought to the table up until now. Yeah, we all have our own set of triggers. Mm. It's kind of that how we see the world. Mm. And so it's really rare that you would find yourself in life, most definitely in a workplace, where you're not going to have someone that on some level rubs it the wrong way at some point. Mm -hmm. But you always have a choice with how how you want to respond. You know, which is in line with either the values that you hold or the values the organization holds, or maybe it's about your personal integrity. Yeah. Perhaps it's about the goal. It's, yeah, so conflict is an interesting one. I suppose what I'm saying is that there is, it's quite deep. So I suppose there's a practical approach. And then there's, like everything, there's a bit of a, what can I learn from the situation? Why is this conflict arising for me? And what's my role in it? Yeah, because often people only see the other person's role in it. It's like, the reason we have this conflict is because they dot, 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 fill in the blank, have done something yeah. terrible. Yes, and I think the na- one of the natures of those prickly relationships is that we have those experiences and then we move away and so then we start to form assumptions and fill gaps. Mm. And because we're not in, that relation- we're not in relationship anymore with each other, we may not be understanding the other person's perspective Mm. and taking the time to do that because once it gets prickly, we become defended. So we might find that we withdraw or we become guarded with what we say. And so that then adds to the Yeah, it's not, it can problem. snowball, can't yeah. it? Because you start attributing to malice what, you know, maybe it's just misunderstanding yes, or something like totally. that. totally. Like, they did that on purpose to destroy me. Yeah. <laughs> you they want to make me look bad. They want to make me look bad. And maybe they weren't even thinking about that mm. at all, right? Could be. And and so you got to test some of those stories sometimes because yeah. you can get carried away with it, can't you? Definitely. Actually, so some of the things that you might talk about, I mean, I, you know, I suppose if we're talking about individuals that want to mend conflict, you've kind of got to get to that point where they, first of all, 
are wanting to do something about it. Yeah, good point. I, you know, I like, do, is it something that you want to invest time, effort, energy in? I asked that question to someone the other day. They talked about some relationships and had some pretty bad stories, and they kind of had a foot out the door. And I'm like, look, do you actually want to do this or not? Because if you don't want to, then don't do it. Yeah, and it's sometimes the simplest questions. You know, so some that really land with someone. So. They might be bringing up a conflict through, it might have been, the catalyst might have been through LSI or mm. feedback sessions where you're having this in-depth conversation with someone mm. about their experience and, and asking, do yeah. you want to mend it is a very simple question, a closed question, but actually quite a powerful one. Yeah. And because sometimes the answer when I asked that question was yes with some and no with others. Right. Right. Because, you know, there was some where it was probably deemed more possible or there was still there was still good faith there, but others where there was just no trust or yeah. anything, right? No and baseline. So, yeah, start with where you want to go mm. first. Mm. So, yeah, I guess I, recapping what I was saying before, I think there is an, everyone has a, a unique relationship to conflict. So you might get some people that will withdraw and others that will protect themselves and there's a history around why that is. And so you can take that route, you know, you can go down that route if you want to mm. or you can move into some kind of, if we're keen to make some action, what are some of the things we might do to prepare you for that? Mm. What would the steps be? So I suppose a understanding if they want to. Mm. Good, pretty good thing pretty to good find starting out. Point, yeah. When it comes to conflict, like we were talking about before, I often think one of the simplest tools in any coach debriefer's toolkit is to get an individual to separate the facts and the assumptions mm. because we do fuse them together sometimes like that. Oh, they become facts in our head. Yeah. For sure. Well, they're doing it, like you said, they're doing it because they're trying to make me look bad. Filling in that story, yeah. So why don't we sit down and look at the behaviours that you're seeing, the things that you know to be true and things that are assumptions and sort of start to separate that. To, it's, the purpose of doing that is to get individuals to take a step back on their thinking mm. a little bit and try to work towards the factual stuff that we know because it's easier to problem solve things that are facts than those that are assumptions. Yes. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's um it's so common though that you get kind of in your own head and what's and it's not to say that you're they're necessarily wrong. They might be correct. Maybe the person is out to It's possible. to get them or something, you know, yeah. whatever. Could be true, but how do you know that for sure? Mm. Is a good starting point. Yeah. To touch on that. Yeah. All right. So if you kind of analyze, okay, well, what do we know for sure? How do you actually start, I guess, moving together? Like, How do you start that dialogue? Because it's pretty tricky, right? If we've got a bad relationship, how do you even... Where do you start? Where do you start? Where, how do you broach the topic, you know? I would... I just have to put one more caveat in here, which is I would want the individual to first be hyper-conscious of their own triggers. You know, so if I... If I, before I go into that conversation with someone, you know, where, where I, and we'll move into like what that could look like and what that intention sure. could be, but I might get them to think about the frame of mind they want to be in. And part of that is understanding what is their habitual pattern of thinking. You know, so if I have a, a strong critic, mm. maybe uh, oppositional, I talk to this style a lot because I know it personally and I'm likely to judge quickly. Mm or find fault in what someone's saying, mm. how can I tune in with that before going into a potentially difficult conversation, if that's what we do, and give myself some kind of stop gaps to help to prevent that from becoming a barrier? So I think mm. there's a kind of a mindfulness piece there. So kind of preparing yourself mentally before you go in yeah. to these conversations, yeah. 
So that's awareness and preparation. And being aware of yourself, just in your interactions in general with this person, being aware of yourself, mm. what thoughts are running through your head and, yeah. and how you're showing up. And so you might even look at it like, let's not, Let's not go in to try to problem solve it immediately. Let's just do some noticing, you know, so let's notice mm. what you do when you're with them, mm. how you feel, mm. what are some of the thoughts that go through your mind. So mm. you're not forcing the person into doing something. If you think about that comfort stretch and risk model, if it's a high risk to address a conflicting relationship, how do you move someone into more of a, a medium risk or even a low risk initially? It could just be being with them in a room interacting with them, but just noticing the way that you feel when you're Mm. with them and noticing what it kind of draws you to do or not do. That would be more of an individual reflective piece as a way of becoming, having a heightened awareness of yourself. Yeah. So it's building that awareness really. So, and often if if it is dovetailed with lifestyles inventory work, so looking at people's thinking and behavior, often their, their awareness has already been raised from that. And so it's taking that and, you know, I, I talk about it often on the podcast is the new car effect. So once you do an LSI, you notice everyone else is the same car as you on the, yeah. on the road. You know, it's like when you buy the new car and you're like, oh my God, this car's everywhere. And it's kind of like that when you do the LSI, you start noticing your thinking and noticing behavior. Yeah. So start noticing it with this person. Okay, yeah, I know I'm going to be in this meeting with them and before I walk in, I can already feel the anxiety rising or yeah. something. Yeah. And I do go to a defensive place mm. when they were there and, if someone else said the same thing, would I have gone to that defensive place? Maybe not. So why is that? Yeah. You know, what's going on there? And that's still, I mean, it's self-reflective, but it's still progress in a way, isn't it? You're preparing yourself for being able to manage it. What you feel is potentially a difficult conversation um, yeah. in the best way to keep yourself above the line, so to speak. And I think the important thing about that, that we mentioned at the start is often in conflicts, it's like, I want them to be fixed, mm. you know, or them to apologize and them to change mm. this and that. So some of that reflection as well is, is looking at what what's my role in the conflict yeah, as well. Definitely. Often, what do I do in response that might be adding to this? So there's something we're probably adding to it, you know, and, and maybe it doesn't justify what the other person is doing and, and all this, but how are we helping the situation or, mm. you know, to get better or get worse, basically. Yeah, definitely. I think that then then there's things that you can do if you're coaching someone around wanting to mend a bridge or fix a prickly relationship or just make it 20% better than what it is. Mm. Maybe there's an opportunity to look at what, you know, around achievement thinking, what's the goal? Like what does this, would it give you? What do we or the, the organisation you stand to gain if mm. if this relationship was to be 20% better? What would it look like? What would mm. it enable you to do? That's It's kind of, again, it's painting that future state Mm. opportunity mm. that gives you that, oh, okay, there's been, you know, humans are interesting. We There's got to be inherent value for us, doesn't there, mm. in why we would do something that puts us into a, a state of- A threat state. Threat yeah. state. So mm. what's the value in it for me? What's in it for me? Yeah. Which, <laughs> well, and, and what's in it for us? What's the combined, mm. what's our combined goal, I suppose, right? Like, because no one enjoys not getting along with their colleague. No. It's not fun. Right. So, okay, well, how do we, what's the value of moving beyond that for us? Yeah. So we're not constantly like every day is a pitched battle, like how exhausting. I would also, it's actually thinking, I'm, I'm doing this thinking around constructive styles, interestingly, moving around the circumplex, but there's the, the goal and what do you stand to gain, you or the organization, 
and what does good look like? And then there's, you know, how, how might you feel if you could, you know, what would the difference be? Give me an example of what it's like when you're around someone that you work with well. What mm. does it feel like to work with them? So you've got that comparison of the felt state. Mm. So this is more laying the canvas to build the momentum, I suppose, around navigating that mm. prickly relationship, mm. what we seem to be calling it. Yeah, mending fences. Mending fences. <laughs> um, so, okay, so, so you've checked in with yourself, but then what? Where do you go from there? Where do you go from there? Again, with the big questions. You know, there's, I feel like there's a couple of options and it often depends on who's on the receiving end. Yeah. You know, so. so I, it's not one size fits all. I really don't think it is. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, I myself have had prickly relationships at work in the past and when it's been with someone that I feel, you know, I think we've got something, we can have something pretty special here. I think that we could really build on this and I could sense the appetite. I mean, you can go in with a, a self-actualized statement when you're next with them and say, you know, I feel, I feel like we're not on the page mm. that we could be. Mm. You know, I'd like us to have a, a good relationship mm. and I'm acknowledging it takes a very, it's a very brave thing to do. Yeah. And it's probably at the upper end of, and it will depend on the, the authority gap between individuals, how willing you would be to say that. But mm-hmm. you've got that kind of upper end of full self-actualizing. I'm acknowledging that this relationship isn't as good as it could be, and mm. I would like it to be. Mm. I think we have something to gain from being, mm. um, having a good working relationship. That would be the, the upper end. Mm. I feel like you're going to ask me, what's the, uh, what's the alternative? What's the alternative? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you've you've got to address it at some point. It, I suppose, it's right? like other things are avoided. Yeah, you know, to your point though, I think it depends what the source of the prickliness is. Yeah, because I think some are easier to deal with than others. Like some are where in a work relationship, it can be we're from different departments and we're siloed. Right, the organization culturally is siloed. So. You're fighting for your department. I'm fighting for mine, and mm. that's kind of the source of our conflict. Yeah, which to me is then you can have a conversation more around shared ground, right? So, okay, how do we achieve all these goals together yeah. or something, right? What's yeah. the way forward? But then there's more. There's conflict which is more personal, mm. right? We have a personal conflict between mm. us. Like I don't like you. I just don't like you, and you don't like me. Yeah, that kind of level, and that's different. That's, that's different. It's a more intense level. If we go with the more rational level, which is a very common one between peers, where I'm trying to hit my goals, you're trying to hit yours, and we feel like... You're getting in my way. Yeah. And I'm getting in yours. Then the conversation is different because you can take it to a very rational place Mm. where Mm. you're playing in exactly like you said to a, what do we stand to gain from figuring out, Mm. figuring this out together? Mm. What does it look like? What's in the best interest of the company or something? Yeah. Yeah. So what about the irrational? The irrational. <laughs> the, uh, I'm sitting the, here with the irrational one, going, "This is just a this is a, a minefield." I mean, it was, we we can give we can give a, a an idea, but it's so dependent, I think, on what two people bring to the situation. Yeah, and quite complex that I'm I'm challenged to to give a process for there's, this. There's probably not yeah the answer mm. or something like that is kind of what you're getting at. What I've noticed though, in ones where there was a bit of conflict like that. And I was actually in an LSI program to go right back to the start, in an LSI program with them. And I coached both of them and they had both talked about it. Mm. So I knew it was on their radars. And they actually both wanted to do something different. They didn't enjoy how it was, you know, and it came up for both of them because there's, I think it was feedback from peers, 
you know, both of them had spikes out in the kind of aggressive mm. area or something and, and relationships with colleagues on in the outcomes at the back were rated low, both themselves and others and stuff. Yeah. So they wanted to do something about it. And so what I at least talked to them about is I, I made that clear. I was like, look, I've worked with both of you and you're actually, that you know, do you know that they're up for having a conversation about mm. it? You're saying you are, you know, and there's, so sometimes programs like that can open a window yeah. I mean, to a dialogue, which otherwise is impossible because it's like, it can be tricky or when's the time to have that chat, you know? And maybe it's about the little things, you know, so if you know that the appetite is there, maybe it's the little things where you might think about, well, are there projects where you could work together, where you would require, you'll be required to spend more time together and through having to achieve a common objective, you're able to, you know, get to know each other better. Mm. So we use kind of more of an affiliative lens on it. You know, how do you find a way to spend more time with them so that you can get an empathy and appreciation for them? Or maybe it's, in your situation with your client, it might be that they just put in a little bit more of an effort to go and say hello and find out more about them. So you might take that entry in because I feel most of the conflict that happens at a personal level is where when you listen to people, it's on some level they feel they hold a position that is that can be narrow and maybe not, mm. not in, in our language not holding unconditional positive regard mm. for the person they're talking about. So they mm. might assume the worst instead of assuming the best. The best. Yeah. And so maybe a way of navigating that is to give them more exposure so that they build more empathy for that person. And then it kind of is a segue into kind of maybe some of those beliefs we held or the things that we were frustrated about. We can navigate better because we're building a better relationship. So mm. I suppose definitely in that situation, I would be taking the, the relationship route as a way forward. Mm. Yeah. What was interesting in, in this one with the couple of people I was describing is that as a result of the work, you know, they, they made some small changes just in their, how they showed up themselves. Right. And then in the next coaching session or something, I was like, Oh, you know, what happened? What did you say to so-and-so? Because they've been acting really different mm. and they had noticed a change in behavior. Mm. So it just gave them a bit of a different lens on well, the situation. It, it started, so, because it was like, you know, do you guys know that you're both wanting to do something? Hey, actually, I've noticed them doing something different. They still haven't had the conversation yet, mm. but I've been noticing that they've been trying. Yeah. Right? And so it opened, I guess it opened their eyes to the possibility that they might both try doing something different. Yeah. You know, and giving the other person credit for actually trying something different. Yeah, that's a really cool story. Um, I could see that, right? I could see that if your experience of someone, let's just say it was more of a closed experience, that if they each were open to, in some way, opening up in a, or uh, showing up in a different way, that uh, it, it gives two people the opportunity it, that change is well, possible. It shows the goodwill, yeah, I goodwill. suppose, right? It nice. shows goodwill that I'm prepared to try, do something different and so on. Yeah. Okay. So we don't have to shoot directly for the conflict in order to move towards a better relationship is what you're saying. Can be. Find, yeah. find the little I mean, things that you can do to indicate your commitment. Yeah, and I think, like, it was, I guess it was still addressed because I addressed it mm. with them individually, but with them. So I guess I opened that door for them. Because would, would they have noticed the shift in behavior without that? Maybe, maybe not. Hard to say. Who knows? But... You know, I think to some extent you've got to you got to be prepared to name it at some level, I think. Yeah. I mean and 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 explicitly say like hey, I'd like to do something different. Are you up for it? 
and it's not necessarily we're going to become best buddies and whatever. But yeah, I mean, you can keep it quite rational if it's something that you don't want to address at an emotive level, can't you? I mean, you can pretty pretty cognitive you about it. You can start it. there anyway. Yeah. You know? Because I often feel like the felt state is something that organizations, people don't want to talk about. Yeah. You know? <laughs> feelings. Risky. Feelings. You know? <laughs> yeah. You know, and so I wouldn't call it avoidance. Maybe some people would, but you might talk about it from the perspective of if you are going to get to the point of calling it, just saying, I think there's an opportunity for us to improve the way we work. Mm. I think there's I think you just things gotta, to be gained. You just got to open the door to dialogue. Yeah. And it might start small. Be courageous. Yeah, be courageous. Start small, but it's a momentum game, really. You got to just get the ball rolling in the right direction, and and it's a risk. You take a risk when you open yourself up, yeah. and say that stuff. And part of that is being clear on your own set of values. I think around what's important to you, how you show up. Mm. I suppose what's sitting with me is if I were someone listening to this, I might be thinking, mm. what if the conflict was between you and a manager, you and your leader? Are they different rules? I've just become the questioner. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Reversed it on me. Um, look, I think you still got to address it, right? Like if, if there's obviously conflict, it's not a secret. You mm. both know it. Mm. So, and if you genuinely want to do something different, why not? It's the same process, isn't it? Do you want to have a better relationship? Yes or no? Or not, yeah. Yeah, and then if so, how do we talk about it and what can we do differently to show up? Mm. And the risk is, without knowing that they're up for it as well, is it can be tough because you're saying, oh, they might not be up for it, right? Like, if you don't know that, that's when it feels risky, I guess, reaching out. So maybe it's um, finding out what would be important to that leader and pitching it that way. Yeah. It's your, uh, yeah, it's an opportunity there. Yeah. This could be probably a whole other podcast. How do you do with conflict if it's between your manager? It's definitely more awkward. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's definitely more awkward, but it, it depends on the quality of relationship that you have, I think, with your leader. Yes. Do you think the having that kind of hierarchical element in it gives some order, though, or something? Because sometimes with a pair or someone on the same level or non related, there's no order, <laughs> I guess, to have. Whereas to no some hierarchy. extent, there's no hierarchy. So to some extent, with your manager, like whether you disagree with it or not there's certain requirements they have or something you know what i mean like they have i don't know the ultimate say yeah or something right i think that people have a an interesting relationship with authority figures uh-huh. again and it's uh-huh. uh it depends how you see them so if there's an item in one of the green styles about authority so very respectful, respectful to those authority, in authority. yeah mm. and so sometimes that's such a it can be a bit of a cultural norm as well around what's expected in some cultures. And so I think it becomes a, a very challenging place to navigate mm. if that is your perception on people in positions of authority. I digress, though. I don't have anything more to say about that now that we've gotten to that point. Nah, with the mending fences? <laughs> the mending fences. Yeah, no, look, I think the takeouts for me basically check yourself and the story you're telling yourself. Definitely check yourself and your own story. Yeah. So like how are you potentially contributing to it or what's your part in it? And what's the story you're telling yourself about the other person and mm. and what why they're doing what they're doing and stuff like that? Because you, you may be right, you may not be right. So separate facts and assumptions and all that. And then it's kind of, I guess, you know, taking the step and having the conversation 
which can just open a door. It doesn't have to be a super conversation. We don't have to solve it all right now. But I think you got to show willingness that you're up for doing something different. And then it's maybe demon like in the example I gave, demonstrating some difference. You know, mm. showing up different, and they'll hopefully notice that because we've had the conversation about it. Yeah. I definitely love that, the idea that you can just do fine-tuning things differently, little things of showing up differently as a symbolic gesture of your willingness to create different relationships with people. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Cool. Yeah, well, thanks for thanks for your insights on that, Liana. I hope that helps our listeners out there. If you're listening and have a view on it as well, we'd love to hear it. We post these podcasts on our LinkedIn company page and discussion group. So if you're in there, it'd be great to, to hear your thoughts as well. If you had any experience on how to go about mending fences with colleagues and so on, we'd love to hear it. All right. Thanks for your time today, Liana. Thanks, Tom. Thanks for listening to this episode of Culture Bites. If you enjoy the show, remember to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, leave us a review. It helps other people to find the show. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, email podcast at human-synergistics.com.au. We'd love to answer it. This podcast is copyrighted by Human Synergistics Australia, all rights reserved. To learn more about what we do, visit human-synergistics.com.au.